0: Welcome to C3 Wellington, we're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services visit our website c 3 wellingtoncom We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Who loves Christmas? Okay, have we got any Christmas Grinches in the house? You guys are, oh well, there we go, we've got a couple, a couple boo, no no, just kidding. You know God loves you equally as He loves me, and uh, but I love Christmas time. I love Christmas time. We make lots of plans around Christmas, don't we? Lots of plans to do this and to do that. Who who's going to visit the in-laws? Give me a wave. You got the who's who's excited about visiting the in-laws? Can you <laughs> come on? But it's Christmas time. And I wanted to preach a Christmas message, and I kind of think I am, because it might not be all about tinsel and Christmas trees and, and Santa this morning, but it is a Christmas message because it's something that God laid on my heart about this time of the year, which I think we, if we could take this away from today, it's going to help us greatly this morning. Because who knows that God has got plans for your life? Who knows that God has got plans? Your life. It says in Jeremiah 29:11, and this is a coffee cup scripture, isn't it? A bumper sticker scripture, something that you know that Christianity has just adopted, and we just preach this this, this scripture. Like, come on, and there's a couple of them out there. This is one of them. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, from the beginning, God had a plan for a family. God, when He created everything in the creation story, He set us apart and made us after His own image. He breathed a a spirit into us and, 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 and we were there to become a reflection of Him, but not just a reflection of Him, we were there to be His family. God walking in the cool of the evening with Adam in the garden is one of those beautiful reflections or images of God's relationship with you and with me. He wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to be your dad. How awesome is that? No matter where you find yourself here today with your real parents, whether you've got a a great dad or your dad's in your life or not in your life, guess what? You have a spiritual Father in heaven who wants to be your dad. He's a pretty good dad. But you see, his plan for a family went horribly awry three chapters into the story. It didn't take long. And then I don't know if you know the story of Adam and Eve and the, the serpent in the garden but deceived Eve lied to Adam and Eve, and out of that was born the fracture of the relationship with God. Sin entered into humanity, and the rhythm of God's creation, including His relationship with you and with me, was broken. It was severed. It it was cut off. His plan for a family challenged and broken by our choices. But you see, don't you love the fact that God has plans don't you love the fact that in that moment, he already knew, I'm, look, I've got a plan to redeem my, my kids. I've got a plan to go after you and me. I've got a plan to restore us. I've got a plan to redeem us and bring you back into relationship with him. And his plan was Jesus Christ. Can we get a hallelujah and an amen for Jesus Christ? Come on. Who, who as we just sung, left heaven, left the, left the comfort of heaven. I don't even understand. Don't we can't wrap our heads around this. We can't wrap our heads around what it meant for Jesus to leave heaven, take on the form, the constrictions, the refine, the restrictions, and the confinements of flesh. I mean, is it crazy that he came as a baby? Isn't that just nuts? That he was entrusted to like a teenager and a, and a fiancée to like that'll do. You you look after you know God. I mean, it's it's just nuts. I think it's crazy, but yet this was the plan. God sending Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus to be amongst His people, amongst His own creation and to live the life that Adam could not live and to die the death in our place so that we might through His blood shed for us, believing in Him, have relationship, restoration back into the family of God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I think if we can see this this morning that God is a God of plans. God has one purpose for your life, but He has got many plans to get you to that purpose. And so we can see this, in, we can see this in the story, uh, in, in the Bible, in the story from Adam and Eve to Jesus. That God had a plan to redeem us, a, a plan to guide you into the future and the hope that He has for you, a plan to bring you into the abundant life that Jesus promises us in John ten ten, a plan to bring you into the purpose that you were. Created for. You see, God had a plan in Jesus. You'll find this, one of the scriptures around this in Acts 2, verse 23. It says this This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. A definite plan to restore us through Jesus. I love this beautiful. Intro into the first chapter of Ephesians, where Paul just lays out the gospel so beautifully. And we pick this up in verse 7 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. He says, This in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan. Come on, say plan. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. God had a plan in the garden and He had a plan in Jesus. God has a plan for your life and it doesn't matter what you do, He is gonna give you, hey, I've got another plan. You go down that, guess what? I've got another plan. He is a God that will get you to your purpose. And I just thank Right now, I'm just so thankful for that. I see it in my own life. And at this time, when we come up to Christmas, it just reminds me of how God is a God. He's not limited by our mistakes. He's not limited by our errors. He's not limited by our failures. He will get us to our purpose. Amen. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, it's an intention or decision about what one is going to do. It's a decision or intention. When I was growing up, in the 1980s, come on the 1980s, before there was any internet and you could go on the line. There were other things that entertained us children. And one of them was pick-a-path books. I don't know, is anyone here familiar with pick-a-path books? Another name for them is choose your own adventure. You and me, Vince, we, we have got <laughs> we're we got locked into our generation. Come on, pick-a-path books or Choose your own adventure books. These books were awesome. Basically, you were reading it as, as in like in second person. Like You were like the, fulfilling the character of the story. You would assume the role of the main character and you would make choices that determine the character's actions and the plot's outcome. Basically, you'd read to the bottom of the page and it would say, if you believe the main character should open that door, turn to page 64. If you believe that author should run and go get help, turn to page 75 and you've got to make a choice. Isn't this a little bit like life? You've got to make choices. But here's here's what I love. If you made a wrong decision, it elongated the book, but it just made it, honestly, it made it longer to complete the adventure. But the main character if you carry on reading, we'll always you'll always find a way for the main character to succeed on his or her quest. You get to it's like, uh-uh, go back to this page. Uh-oh, go back to this page. But if you stick at it, you'll get to the end and the main character will succeed if you stick at it. You're never out, you're never written off, you've never blown it to the point of failure in a pick-a-path adventure. I know the plan, not plan. Plans, plural, more than one plan. (laughs) More than multiple plans. Is this getting through? Multiple plans, people. Not because God doesn't understand, not because God's indecisive, but because He gave us this thing called a will. He gave us this thing called a will where we choose, but we'll get there. Many are the plans in the mind of a man Proverbs 19, 21 says, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. All of a sudden, we've gone from plurality of plans to singular purpose. Many plans, one purpose. A purpose is this, the reason why something exists. The reason why something exists. Psalm 57, 2 The voice of David crying, he says, I cry out to God, most high, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. He fulfills His purpose for me. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, according, love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Come on. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep Water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Come on, the purpose in a man's heart. It's in you. You are created with intent. You are created with a a unique wiring and it's inside of you, not outside of you. It's hardwired into you by God. This is great news. You are uniquely designed. You are uniquely you. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 11:29, and this is one I want to recommend that you underline, highlight, circle, put it on your wall, put it in your car, put it everywhere you can, and, and make sure that you read it over and over and over and get it into you. Romans 11:29 for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He does not take them back, doesn't take them back. I have plans for you," says the Lord. Plans for a future and a hope. I've got a purpose for you and I've got plans to get you to that purpose. Plans. But here's the truth, you've been given gifts. I've been given gifts. It's Christmas time. It's a season of giving, isn't it? Got Christmas gifts under the tree. If you're like us, we store them until the very last minute because our <laughs> our kids probably, if we put them under the tree, they're gonna be unwrapped before... <laughs> There's gonna be finger pokes and tape taken off, and but you know, they're gonna get under the tree probably (laughs) on Christmas Eve. But we've got gifts come on, the Christmas tree, your life is stacked with gifts under it with your name on them. Come on, it's time to unwrap them, it's time to get to get them and start using them. Come, on, I tell this. I've told this before, but my grandfather, when he passed away, and, and they were going through his uh, possessions, and as you do as, as his estate, they they went to, through his his personal drawer, and they found in his in one of his drawers all these unwrapped presents, gifts that had been given, that he put in his drawer and never unwrapped. That's ridiculous. Like who who doesn't unwrap a present? Like honestly, it's crazy. But we do that in our own lives, don't we? With the gifts that God wants to give us. What's He given you? How's He wired you? It's in you. The gifts of God are given to us for, for a reason, for a purpose. That's gonna bring you to full life. It's gonna, it's, gonna, it's gonna lead you to Jesus. what Jesus says, abundant life. Let's get our gifts in the game. And I, I, want you to, I want you to know something this morning. You haven't wrecked it. You haven't blown it. You haven't ruined it. It's ahead of you. It's one of you to step into it. What God placed in you and has given to you, He will not take back. Including your ability to choose, your will. This is why God needs plans. Because one of the things that He gave us that He will not take back is our will and our ability to choose. Your ability to choose, my ability to choose. Come on people, you are ridiculously in charge of your life. You're here this morning because of choice. only for that choice. Everything that we do, and I, I have to teach my, we have to teach our kids this on a regular basis. No one's in charge of your hands and your feet, but you. No one's in charge of your your what comes out of your mouth, but you. Don't pass the blame. Or he, he, she. No, no, no. They, they may they may do those. All sorts of things will come at you in life. But what we choose to do in light of those things is our choice, and we have a will. And it's like the GPS unit, you know? I talked about Pick a Path books, and they were great in my, kids, in my, in my childhood, but you know, there were a modern version of that would be a GPS unit. You know, God's got a direction for your life. God's got a destination for your life. God's got plans for your life. But you see, we have to decide whether we're gonna turn the machine on and whether or not we're going to listen to it. I don't know about you. I, I, I sometimes, I don't like to use the GPS. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm going to get there on my own steam. They take you down that route and you're like, nah, come on, I know that this is going to be a quicker way. And they're smart now. They even they even take into account traffic and all sorts of stuff. And you think, nah, I know this way is quicker. And you know you're not going to be right. That technology is so advanced that it's going to be the quickest way, the best way, but you've still got to choose to listen to it and take that That direction, yeah? Come on, that's your will and that's your choice. Your will is this, someone's determination to do what is necessary to achieve what they want. It's the ability to make decisions and take action. What do you want this morning? You get to choose. You know, Jesus had to choose, didn't He? I know at Christmas we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but I also wanna think that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus because of the death of Jesus. We're celebrating His birth because He, He, He followed the will of God. To pain and to death, He did it so that we might be able to celebrate His birth and celebrate what He did for us this morning. And in Matthew 26, 39, and you find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and He's under the most pressure He's ever felt, as a, the most pressure probably anyone has ever felt as a human being in that moment with the weight of the world crushing down on Him and everything in Him screaming, I don't wanna do this. You hear these words. It says in verse 39, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Come on, the path to your purpose is found in surrender. Giving Jesus the steering wheel of your life, allowing Jesus to lead, learning to follow, learning to trust. Do you want to know what the will of God is? I, I, I love this particular parable of the lost sheep, and I'm not going to unpack it all for you this morning. So suffice to say that Jesus said that the kingdom of God was like a, a man who, left, who had hundred sheep and one had gone astray, and he left the 99 sheep and went after the one that was lost, and when he found it, he put it on his shoulders and restored it. It's a beautiful parable. And then Jesus says this in Matthew 18, for to my father who is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. Did you hear that this morning? It is not the will of my Father that anyone should perish, that anyone should be outside of the family. He, The will of our Heavenly Father is that everyone would be saved. The will of our Heavenly Father is that everyone would join His family, that would know the plans that He has, would know the purpose that they're wired for, would walk in the fullness of the life that He created for them. This is the will of our Heavenly Father for you and for me and for everyone. One, God wants to align your will with His plans to fulfill your purpose. God wants to align your will with His plans to fulfill your purpose. Come on. I have plans for you, says the Lord. Can I tell you about that scripture? You find it in Jeremiah 29. Here is the backdrop. The backdrop is this that there is the Israelites uh, in captivity. They've been sent by God, out of disobedience into captivity. An army has come and taken over the land of Israel and they've been taken away from their family, from their lands. And because they walked away from God, they walked away from God and there's a consequence for our actions. There's consequences. Yet God in this place, in this place of captivity, in this place of of, of bondage, in this place where they feel far from God, God says, hey, come on. You need to know that I am with you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for a future and for hope. And you will find me if you seek me. And if you seek me with all your heart and you will find me, come on. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. God has always got a plan to restore you, bring you back, even with the Israelites you find in Jeremiah and for your life and for mine. He's never quit out on you. He's never You've never failed it. You haven't blown it. He's still got the plan. He hasn't taken it back. Come on, would you step into it this morning where we look at Jesus' life coming as a plan to redeem us from Genesis 3 to today to say, come on, I'm coming to restore you. I'm coming to bring you back into the family. i got a plan for you, says the Lord. Come on, He's got a purpose for you and for me.